This is Sober Reference. You're listening to A Sober Snack, bite-sized tips and tricks that will help you stay sober today. We share more cost-free resources on our website, www.soberreference.com, and hope that you'll connect with us on social media. Search Sober Reference now and look for our logo. For more information about today's guest, visit our show notes. We hope that you find this content valuable and leave feeling inspired to drink less, live more, and meet your potential. Enjoy. A couple questions for you. When you're asked, what do you want to drink? What can I get you to drink? What would you say? Always say soda water with lime. I love bubbly water. If I am in a situation where I would have ordinarily ordered an alcoholic beverage, like it makes me feel like I'm drinking something like fancy, like rather than just getting a regular water and being like, eh, I try to get bubbly water with something in it so that it tastes better. And it's, yeah, I love that too. During your sobriety, so in the last 444 days, what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life? Just pick one that comes to mind self-care, like ritual. Ritual is huge for me, whether it's my morning ritual, my bedtime ritual, like my incense candle journaling ritual, like whatever it is, those little, even if it's just five minutes, something that I do consistently on most days of the week that I can help bring myself back. Those five minutes can go a long way. They're very impactful. And I want to shout out to your beautiful sanctuary gift boxes. Those would Thank are you. the perfect gift for anyone, but particularly like if you're if you have a friend that's celebrating a milestone in sobriety or is going through kind of a rocky time and just you mm-hmm. want to love on them, I feel like that's a perfect gift for someone who is on this journey, right? It's essentially a gift that says you get to have some time to yourself, you get to ground down a little bit, and like here's something that can just help you reconnect and give you perhaps a little bit of relief in a healthy way. Yes, absolutely. And that's kind of where it all started. I remember I was outside and I was like thinking about planting some flowers. I was new in sobriety. And this thought kept running through my head of like, I need sanctuary. Like I need sanctuary for my soul. Like I don't need a mani petty. I don't need a massage. I mean, I love those things too, but like, I need something more than that. I need sanctuary for my my actual weary soul, I kept saying. And so like, that's kind of where the idea was born. And I love too, that it's this concept of like, rather than a quick fix, like, oh, you're having trouble or, oh, you have this going on. Like, here's a bandaid. I try to tailor it more to supporting women in learning how to support themselves. These are tools. These are gifts. They're beautiful and they're, they smell pretty and they're amazing. But really what they're going to do if you continue to engage with them and learn how they work for you is that you're going to build your own rituals and you're going to figure out one step at a time how to best take care of your needs properly so that you can sustain your own self. Like nobody has the answers. Nobody has the quick fix. Nobody has the easy button. Like you know how to take care of yourself the best. Yeah, it it might sound hard to believe that like a crystal or incense or candles or an elixir can help you learn how to trust yourself, but Mm -hmm. it helps you learn how to trust yourself. It helps you learn how to sit with yourself, helps you learn how to take care of yourself. So don't, um, you know, don't knock it till you try it. If you haven't tried something that might seem so simple or abstract as a Mm -hmm. candle incense oil blends, teas, for example, and the the gift boxes Mm -hmm. that you put together are just an invitation to 
having a new experience with yourself. I know for me learning to trust myself, that was also always a very scary thing to like conceptualize. Um, yeah. So finding rituals you can do when you're alone with yourself, when you're building that self-trust or comfortability and being alone with yourself is a nice way of inviting yourself into the situations that might feel a little, oh, I'm nervous. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I use, I love lunar logic. Like I have their, I have them right here. I do their mystic drops and their Orphic drops, journaling, kind of like connecting to your higher self, interpreting dreams. Like I feel like so mm-hmm. much comes through for us when we dream at night, like our subconscious and just all kinds of stuff. And it is, it's really about like getting to know yourself better. And like you said, learning how to trust yourself more. Yeah, absolutely. What advice would you give smart driven adult that's getting sober for the first time? And is there any advice you think they should ignore? I think that you should ignore any advice that really truly does not feel like it resonates for you. Now this gets tricky because again, like when we're in the throes of our addictions, our perception is not hundred percent accurate. And I know I had a lot of very diseased thinking. And so like your thoughts can get really sneaky and tricky. However, and this kind of goes with like trusting yourself, Somebody is giving you advice, which really we shouldn't be doing in the first place. I don't think like I'm a big person on like, don't tell other people what to do. Unsolicited advice is just like, not that cool. We all have the answers inside, but we need support. Right. So it's like, if something is really, really not jiving for you, honor that. Don't just like blindly do what other people are telling you to do, because that's part of it is like learning to listen to yourself. And then the biggest, (laughs) again, I'm like, you shouldn't be giving it advice. But here's my advice. Um, Find your people, like find your people. I was always hyper independent. I was afraid of intimacy. I didn't really have any friends. I thought I had to do everything alone. Trouble trusting, like all of that stuff. And recovery is something that we definitely have to do like inside of ourselves. It has a lot to do with self stuff. But I think you can't do it alone. I mean, you can, but it's just so much harder. I have been very wildly and pleasantly surprised at how much friendship and connection with other empowering women, sober friends online, like other entrepreneurs, like whoever, but find, even if it's just a couple of meaningful connections with people who are really good for you that are like your tribe and nurture those because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for the new people, the new people and the new relationships that I have formed since I got sober last year. I second that. Absolutely. What have you become better at saying no to since you got sober? Everything. Boundaries. That is like the meat and potatoes. I think like self-care and boundaries, which boundaries really are self-care meat and potatoes of my recovery. So I say no to all sorts of stuff now, like whatever, something I don't want to do and not like bitchy way, but just people that do not vibe with me anymore. Relationships that are not reciprocal, toxic drama. Like I say no to all sorts of stuff now. And I think that we need to be that way. Like you need to be very selective with where you're putting your energy on any day, but especially when you are like early in recovery or working your sobriety, like this saying that like nothing in the world is free. We always think about that in from like a monetary standpoint, I think, but I was thinking about an exchange that I recently had with a person in my life who is still very near and dear to me. And like, I like to think that like, Oh, it's harmless. Like if I do this or I do that, or if I spend time or 
no sweat, right? But like every single exchange is an energetic exchange. Everything that we say yes to, we're putting our energy there. And so essentially like what you're saying yes and no to, that's what you're giving yourself to. And that's what you're building your life with. Those are your building blocks. People are always saying like, if it's not an F yes, then it's a hell no. And I'm sure that's not what it was like when you were drinking. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. I said yes yeah. to everything and then resented everybody. <laughs> yeah. If you have a thought about alcohol, what do you say in your mind or what action do you take with your body to help you stay on the right path? The, I just had to do this last week because I feel like for the majority of my 444 days, I haven't really battled with like the cravings and stuff, but the last two weeks I have wanted to drink. It has been like actively on my mind. Like I said, it's spring, the sun is shining. Like the IPA is calling my name, right? What I have done is like, first, just acknowledge that is the beautiful things in sobriety is like that objectivity. Like I can witness my thoughts now instead of like being consumed by them. So it's just kind of like, okay, holding it out in front of me, like, okay, I'm having this thought. I'm having this feeling like I want to drink a beer. This is a thing that's happening right now. It's okay. Like it happens. What are you going to do about it? And so for me, it's like the, playing the tape the whole way through like, okay, well, let's just entertain the idea for a minute. Let's theoretically for the sake of conversation, imagine that you went ahead and go and do whatever you're going to do, drink whatever you're going to drink. How does that play out? How do you feel in two hours? How do you feel in six hours? How do you feel tomorrow? Because there's the idealized version of what it's like to drink in my mind. And then there's the reality of what it's actually like. And so I try to picture both of those and then remind myself of like all the awesome stuff that's going on in my life right now because I'm sober. And so then it's like, okay, well, which one do you really want more, Nicole? Like, do you want to feel good for like a couple of hours so you can feel like shit tomorrow? Or do you want to feel good like for the long term? And then just picking whatever it is that I like to do that grounds me. Like, go for a walk, call a friend, go work out in my garden. If it's really bad, like sometimes if I, if I'm like really, and I can't figure out what else to do, I'll just go to sleep. I told my therapist, I told my coach, I told a friend of mine, like, Hey, I just got to be transparent with somebody. Like I really want to drink today and it's a problem. So just throwing that out there, I'm not drinking, but I want some accountability. So like just being honest with myself, being honest with other people, and then finding something else to do with my hand or my body so that I'm not just circling my mind. Awesome. Get out of your head, get into your body. Um, yes. Last question. When you are asked, why don't you drink? What do you say? I don't really think that I've been asked that many times. Cause again, my circle is small. I don't go out. I have no social life like whatsoever. So it's not really an issue for me, but I feel like my most natural response would just be like, because I can't do so responsibly. Like I can't drink like most people drink. I don't know when to stop drinking. And so I just don't do it at all anymore. Thanks for listening to Sober Reference. We hope you found this content valuable and are leaving feeling inspired to drink less, live more and meet your potential. You can find more cost-free resources on our website, www.soberreference.com. We hope that you'll connect with us on social media, search Sober Reference now and look for our logo. Great job taking in sober positive content today. Until next time, this is Sober Reference, and we are so glad that you're here.